I'm Wayne Turner, and welcome to the daily podcast of Bible Track. I have developed Bible Track to be both a commentary and a daily Bible reading schedule. These podcasts cover the text and commentary, which may be found at www.bibletrack.org. So, for those who have a busy schedule but do have time to listen to the Bible being read, this podcast is for you. At the end of one year, you will have gone completely through the Bible. Today we're reading Second Chronicles chapter 6 and 7 and Psalm 136. This is the New King James Version of the podcast. The King James Version is also available. Now, Second Chronicles chapter 6 down through chapter 7 verse 10 is paralleled in First Kings chapter 8, which was yesterday's reading. While we aren't going to read it out loud, you'll find the passage in First Kings chapter 8 listed appropriately paralleled in the right column in blue in the written notes of BibleTrack.org for today. Solomon's pre-prayer comments to the people of Israel are found in Second Chronicles chapter 6, verses 1 through 11, and those comments are also found in First Kings chapter 8, verses 12 through 21. Second Chronicles chapter 6, verse 1. Then Solomon spoke, The Lord said he would dwell in the dark cloud. I have surely built you an exalted house and a place for you to dwell in forever. Then the king turned around and blessed the whole assembly of Israel while all the assembly of Israel was standing. And he said, Blessed be the Lord God of Israel, who has fulfilled with his hands what he spoke with his mouth to my father David, saying, Since the day that I brought my people out of the land of Egypt, I have chosen no city from any tribe of Israel in which to build a house that my name might be there, nor did I choose any man to be a ruler over my people Israel. Yet I have chosen Jerusalem, that my name may be there, and I have chosen David to be over my people Israel. Now it was in the heart of my father David to build a temple for the name of the Lord God of Israel. But the Lord said to my father David, Whereas it was in your heart to build a temple for my name, you did well in that it was in your heart. Nevertheless, you shall not build the temple, But your son who will come from your body, he shall build the temple for my name. So the Lord has fulfilled his word which he spoke, and I have filled the position of my father David, and sit on the throne of Israel as the Lord promised, and I have built the temple for the name of the Lord God of Israel. And there I have put the ark, in which is the covenant of the Lord which he made with the children of Israel. So of all the people among whom God could have chosen to dwell, we're it. That's Solomon's message here. Of all the places in which God could have had a temple built, this is that place, and that's Jerusalem. Solomon blesses the people of Jerusalem this very day. As he speaks to the people of Israel, he reviews the provisions of the Davidic covenant, proclaiming that Israel is the nation of God and that the throne of David shall endure forever. That's the Davidic covenant found in 2 Samuel chapter 7, verses 12-16. through 16. In his presentation, Solomon points out that God authorized the building of this new temple by David's son, Solomon himself. And then, beginning in verse 12, Solomon does a prayer of dedication, which is paralleled in 1 Kings chapter 8, verses 22, all the way down to verse 61. It's a long prayer. But in 2 Chronicles, it goes from verse 12 down through verse 42. So Second Chronicles chapter 6, verse 12. Then Solomon stood before the altar of the Lord in the presence of all the assembly of Israel and spread out his hands. For Solomon had made a bronze platform five cubits long, five cubits wide, and three cubits high, and had set it in the midst of the court. And he stood on it, knelt down on his knees before all the assembly of Israel, 
and spread out his hands toward heaven. And he said, Lord God of Israel, there is no God in heaven or earth like you who keep your covenant and mercy with your servants who walk before you with all their hearts. You have kept what you promised your servant David, my father. You have both spoken with your mouth and fulfilled it with your hand as it is this day. Therefore, Lord God of Israel, now keep what you promised your servant David, my father, saying, You shall not fail to have a man sit before me on the throne of Israel, only if your sons take heed to their way that they walk in my law as you have walked before me. And now, O Lord God of Israel, let your word come true, which you have spoken to your servant David. But will God indeed dwell with men on the earth? Behold, heaven and the heaven of heavens cannot contain you, how much less this temple which I have built. Yet regard the prayer of your servant and his supplication, O Lord my God, and listen to the cry and the prayer which your servant is praying before you, that your eyes may be opened toward this temple day and night, toward the place where you said you would put your name, that you may hear the prayer which your servant makes toward this place. And may you hear the supplications of your servant and of your people Israel when they pray toward this place. Hear from heaven your dwelling place, and when you hear, forgive. If anyone sins against his neighbor and is forced to take an oath and comes and takes an oath before your altar in this temple, then hear from heaven and act and judge your servants bringing retribution on the wicked by bringing his way on his own head and justifying the righteous by giving him according to his righteousness. Or if your people Israel are defeated before an enemy because they have sinned against you, and return and confess your name, and pray and make supplication before you in this temple, then hear from heaven and forgive the sin of your people Israel, and bring them back to the land which you gave to them and their fathers." When the heavens are shut up and there is no rain because they have sinned against you, when they pray toward this place and confess your name and turn from their sin because you afflict them, then hear in heaven and forgive the sin of your servants, your people Israel, that you may teach them the good way in which they should walk and send rain on your land which you have given to your people as an inheritance. When there is famine in the land, pestilence or blight or mildew, locusts or grasshoppers, When their enemies besiege them in the land of their cities, whatever plague or whatever sickness there is, whatever prayer, whatever supplications is made by anyone or by all your people Israel, when each one knows his own burden and his own grief and spreads out his hands to this temple, then hear from heaven your dwelling place and forgive and give to everyone according to all his ways, whose heart you know, for you alone know the hearts of the sons of men." that they may fear you to walk in your ways as long as they live in the land which you gave to our fathers. Moreover, concerning a foreigner, who is not of your people Israel, but has come from a far country for the sake of your great name and your mighty hand and your outstretched arm, when they come and pray in this temple, then hear from heaven your dwelling place, and do according to all for which the foreigner calls to you, that all peoples of the earth may know your name and fear you, as do your people Israel, and that they may know that this temple which I have built is called by your name. When your people go out to battle against their enemies, wherever you send them, and when they pray to you toward this city, which you have chosen in the temple which I have built for your name, then hear from heaven their prayer and their supplication, and maintain their cause." When they sin against you, for there is no one who does not sin, 
and you become angry with them and deliver them to the enemy, and they take them captive to a land far or near. Yet when they come to themselves in the land where they were carried captive and repent and make supplication to you in the land of their captivity, saying, We have sinned, we have done wrong, and have committed wickedness. And when they return to you with all their heart and with all their soul in the land of their captivity, where they have been carried captive, and pray toward their land which you gave to their fathers, the city which you have chosen, and toward the temple which I have built for your name, then hear from heaven your dwelling place, their prayer, and their supplications, and maintain their cause, and forgive your people who have sinned against you. Now, my God, I pray, let your eyes be open, and let your ears be attentive to the prayer made in this place. Now, therefore, arise, O Lord God, to your resting place, you in the ark of your strength. Let your priest, O Lord God, be clothed with salvation, and let your saints rejoice in goodness. O Lord God, do not turn away the face of your anointed. Remember the mercies of your servant David. Well, this is the same long prayer that we saw in yesterday's reading in 1 Kings chapter 8, verses 22 to 53. We've provided it in this day's reading, but it's in blue text, as you'll notice, in the written notes of BibleTrack.org. The people are listening in as Solomon kneels on a scaffold built there in the temple courtyard, especially for this occasion. Solomon outlines the supernatural aspects of the new temple. Notice Solomon's acknowledgment of the fact that we are all sinners in verse 36. As a matter of fact, Solomon's prayer here is one that points out that man's solution to his problems are to be found in prayer before God. And then we have some holy fire in Second Chronicles chapter 7, verses 1 through 3. Verse 1, When Solomon had finished praying, fire came down from heaven and consumed the burnt offering and the sacrifices, and the glory of the Lord filled the temple. And the priests could not enter the house of the Lord, because the glory of the Lord had filled the Lord's house. When all the children of Israel saw how the fire came down and the glory of the Lord on the temple, they bowed their faces to the ground on the pavement and worshipped and praised the Lord, saying, for he is good, for his mercy endures forever. Now, by the way, in blue, verses 10 and 11 of 1 Kings chapter 8, there you will see the appearance of the Shekinah glory in the king's reading. So they finished the temple here, moved the ark into it, and what do you know? Fire from heaven fills it up. But that's not all. The fire also consumes the sacrifices on the altar. Now, that seemed to have an impact on the people, as we see in verse 3. It says, when all the children of Israel saw how the fire came down and the glory of the Lord on the temple, they bowed their faces to the ground on the pavement and worshiped and praised the Lord, saying, For he is good, for his mercy endures forever. Now, that's the Shekinah glory. I've written an article on the Shekinah glory, and you can click on it by looking at today's reading and the written notes or you can go to the topic section of BibleTrack.org and look at the article entitled The Shekinah Glory. Then we have the actual dedicating of the temple in Second Chronicles chapter 7, verses 4 through 11, which, by the way, is paralleled in 1 Kings chapter 8, verses 62 to 66, written in blue in the written notes of BibleTrack.org for today. But we shall not read the 1 Kings 8 chapter. Second Chronicles 7, 4. Then the king and all the people offered sacrifices before the Lord. King Solomon offered a sacrifice of 22,000 bulls and 120,000 sheep. So the king and all the people dedicated the house of God. 
And the priest attended to their services, the Levites also with instruments of the music of the Lord, which King David had made to praise the Lord, saying, For his mercy endures forever, whenever David offered praise by their ministry. The priest sounded trumpets opposite them, while all Israel stood. Furthermore, David consecrated the middle of the court that was in front of the house of the Lord, for there he offered burnt offerings and the fat of the peace offerings, because the bronze altar which Solomon had made was not able to receive the burnt offerings, the grain offerings, and the fat. At that time Solomon kept the feast seven days, and all Israel with him, a very great assembly from the entrance of Hamath to the brook of Egypt. And on the eighth day they held a sacred assembly, for they observed the dedication of the altar seven days, and the feast seven days. On the twenty-third day of the seventh month he sent the people away to their tents, joyful and glad of heart for the good that the Lord had done for David, for Solomon, and for his people Israel. Thus Solomon finished the house of the Lord and the king's house, and Solomon successfully accomplished all that came into his heart to make in the house of the Lord and in his own house. Remember the big pool for the priests to wash in before they sacrifice? Well, let me ask you another question. Do you remember from First Chronicles chapter 24 the 24,000 Levites who were assigned to work 24 shifts in the temple? Well, the really big pool gets a really big visitation this first week. We're getting ready to sacrifice 22,000 oxen, 120,000 sheep, and those who were priests must be ceremonially clean when they do it. Oh, and remember the really, really big altar? It was about 36 and a half feet square. That was built for sacrificing animals. It's getting ready to get steady workout for this dedication. So imagine with me the dedication scene. Let's guess 48 or so priests simultaneously sacrificing at this altar, 48 or so animals at a time every two to five minutes. The sounds, the smell, the hustle, simply an amazing sight and sound. As a matter of fact, I'm not sure I would have had the stomach for priest work. And after seven days, the people went home. Then in Second Chronicles chapter 7, beginning in verse 12 down through verse 22, we got some good news and some bad news from God. This is also paralleled in First Kings chapter 9, verses 1 through 9, which we read yesterday, but nonetheless, we've listed it in the blue box to the right of today's reading in Second Chronicles chapter 7, beginning with verse 12. Then the Lord appeared to Solomon by night and said to him, I have heard your prayer and have chosen this place for myself as a house of sacrifice. When I shut up heaven and there is no rain, or command the locusts to devour the land, or send pestilence among my people, if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face, and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven, and will forgive their sin, and heal their land. Now my eyes will be open, and my ears attentive to prayer made in this place. For now I have chosen to sanctify this house, that my name may be there forever, and my eyes and my heart will be there perpetually. As for you, if you walk before me as your father David walked, and do according to all that I have commanded you, and if you keep my statutes and my judgments, then I will establish the throne of your kingdom, as I covenanted with your father David, saying, You shall not fail to have a man as ruler in Israel. But if you turn away and forsake my statutes and my commandments, which I have set before you, and go and serve other gods and worship them, then I will uproot them from my land, which I have given them, 
And this house which I have sanctified for my name I will cast out of my sight, and will make it a proverb and a byword among all peoples. And as for this house which is exalted, everyone who passes by it will be astonished and say, Why has the Lord done thus to this land and this house? Then they will answer, Because they forsook the Lord God of their fathers, who brought them out of the land of Egypt, and embraced other gods, and worshipped them, and served them. Therefore he has brought all this calamity on them. Well, Solomon gets a visit from God himself in verse 12. That verse says, Then the Lord appeared to Solomon by night and said to him, I have heard your prayer and have chosen this place for myself as a house of sacrifice. So first, God gives Solomon the good news. Do right by the one true God, and I will prosper you and your people forever. That's in verses 13 through 18. But then the bad news. Turn away from the one true God, and disaster will follow. That's found in verses 19 through 22. Now, here's an oft-quoted verse regarding Israel in verse 14. It says, If my people, who are called by my name, will humble themselves, and pray and seek my face, and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven, and will forgive their sin, and heal their land. Many preachers and evangelists use this as a verse for America. Since this was a specific promise to Israel based upon God's covenants with Israel, do you think it removes this verse from proper context to use it as a promise to America? Now, verses 17 through 20 of Second Chronicles chapter 7, these verses need some special attention. Let's read those again. As for you, if you walk before me as your father David walked, and do according to all that I have commanded you, and if you keep my statutes and my judgments, then I will establish the throne of your kingdom, as I covenanted with David your father, saying, You shall not fail to have a man as ruler in Israel. But if you turn away and forsake my statutes and my commandments which I have set before you, and go and serve other gods and worship them, then I will uproot them from my land which I have given them, and this house which I have sanctified for my name I will cast out of my sight, and will make it a proverb and a byword among all peoples. Ironically, Solomon's reign marks the beginning of a slide away from God. We see this clear statement of fact in 1 Kings chapter 11, verse 6. In less than 400 years after the temple dedication, when God issues these words to Solomon, Israel does become a byword among all nations. So how does that relate to the covenant that God made with David in the Davidic covenant? Well, there are no surprises here. Moses himself had prophesied back in Deuteronomy chapter 30 that Israel would indeed sin and fall into captivity. This fall and subsequent repentance was all part of the prophecy that Moses had given back in Deuteronomy chapters 29 and 30. The prophets Isaiah, Jeremiah, Ezekiel, Daniel, Hosea, and Amos, they'd all prophesied that God would one day restore the kingdom to Israel per the conditions of the Davidic covenant. And then we read Psalm 136, O give thanks unto the Lord. This psalm has no subtitle, and we don't know who the author is. Verse 1, O give thanks to the Lord, for he is good, for his mercy endures forever. O give thanks to the God of gods, for his mercy endures forever. O give thanks to the Lord of lords, for his mercy endures forever. To him who alone does great wonders, for his mercy endures forever. To him who by wisdom made the heavens, for his mercy endures forever. 
to him who laid out the earth above the waters, for his mercy endures forever. To him who made great lights, for his mercy endures forever. The sun to rule by day, for his mercy endures forever. The moon and stars to rule by night, for his mercy endures forever. To him who struck Egypt in their firstborn, for his mercy endures forever. And brought out Israel from among them, for his mercy endures forever. With a strong hand and with an outstretched arm, for his mercy endures forever. To him who divided the Red Sea in two, for his mercy endures forever. And made Israel to pass through the midst of it, for his mercy endures forever. But overthrew Pharaoh and his army in the Red Sea, for his mercy endures forever. To him who led his people through the wilderness, for his mercy endures forever. To him who struck down great kings, for his mercy endures forever. And slew famous kings, for his mercy endures forever. Sihon, king of the Amorites, for his mercy endures forever. And Og, king of Bashan, for his mercy endures forever. And gave their land as a heritage, for his mercy endures forever. A heritage to Israel his servant, for his mercy endures forever. Who remembered us in our lowly state, for his mercy endures forever. And rescued us from our enemies, for his mercy endures forever. Who gives food to all flesh, for his mercy endures forever. O oh, give thanks to the God of heaven, for his mercy endures forever. Now this is a preferred way for several of the Psalms to begin. See these exact words in Psalm 106.1, and 118.1. This unknown psalmist also recounts all the victories and provisions given Israel by God. And then we see the phrase, for his mercy endures forever. Solomon may not have written these words, but they are certainly used this day in 2 Chronicles chapter 5, verse 13, chapter 7, verse 3, and chapter 7, verse 6, as part of the temple dedication that day. Now here's a brief outline of this psalm, Psalm 136, a call to praise in verses 1 through 3, God's power as seen in nature in verses 4 through 9, God's work in the history of Israel in verses 10 through 22, and God's mercy toward all in verses 23 to 26. This concludes our podcast for today. I'm Wayne Turner, and if you'd like to read along with our commentary online, go to www.bibletrack.org. Thank you for listening in today. The background music for these podcasts is an original composition written by the music director of Faith Bible Church, Paul Walton.